system will begin to cure it just 10 seconds on each tooth. This glazed material on the bisacryl will also help to stop any stains the patient might pick up from drinking coffee or eating uh, colored foods. And literally about 15 minutes later, this is how the temporaries look, and uh, we are finished. Again, we have locked these into place. These are mechanically held into place. We do not try to wiggle them off and then re-cement them. Uh, for the most part, the material is so thin that if we did try to do that, uh, try, every time we try to take it off, it would probably break. Patient comes back two weeks later. During that two-week interval, we have them uh, use anything they can, a rubber tip stimulator around the gum tissue. We have them rinse with tooth gum and tonic from Dental Herb Company. We want to keep the gingiva nice and healthy. And I'm using a 57 bird just to make some slots in the front of these veneers. And what we're going to do is pop these off in pieces. We know we're going to destroy these temporaries, and that's okay, because we saved our putty wash matrix from last time. And so if we do need to make new temporaries today, if the patient doesn't really like the veneers, again, in 15 minutes, we can make a new set of temps. So we just destroy these and basically get them off as quickly. This is a safe-sided strip. It only cuts on the end. And what I'm using it to do is make sure all the bisacryl is removed from between the teeth. And if you go a little too far down, like I did right there, you'll notice you can cause a little bit of bleeding because it is serrated um, on the end. And this is just a little uh, hemostyptic agent that I'm putting around there to stop any bleeding where that serrated strip either bumped into uh, the papilla or it pushed a sharp piece of bisacryl down into it as well. I wear loops you know, for this entire procedure, but that's certainly one of the parts where loops are very helpful. It's very easy to leave a little piece of tempering material between a couple of teeth and um, and not notice it you know as you're trying to go in there and if it's still in place when you're doing this part seating the veneers it's gonna uh, make the veneer hang up so you really need to be careful and that's why I take that serrated strip and take it in between all the teeth so I can get any extra temporary material or any other junk out from in between their teeth specifically from the gingival embrasure. Next step is we try in all the veneers one by one. We don't use any try and paste uh, in the first stage because we want to be able to evaluate the marginal fit. Once we've had a chance to evaluate the fit and the, the contacts, we now try these veneers in with um, the try and cement. This happens to be clear Nexus from Kerr. And I prefer the clear or transparent shades because I want the light to go through the veneer, uh, through the cement, and then uh, into the tooth and light the whole tooth up like a fiber optic bundle. So hopefully we don't have to try to do too much coloration or opaquing with the cement because it can lead to veneers that don't look as real as ones where a translucent veneer cement uh, was used. In this case, we made two different sets of veneers uh, for our patient. One of them happened to be a hand-built feldspathic set of veneers, and the other one happened to be a pressed set of veneers. So as we're uh, testing them and we're putting the first one on, it looks a little bit darker than I wanted than an A1, so I'm using the Vita Easy shade to check the restoration in the patient's mouth, and it's telling me, yes, this is a little darker than you were uh, going for. And so we're letting the patient take a look at it now. And the patient plays a big part in deciding which of these two restorations uh, we're going to end up cementing in the mouth. So once the patient's had a chance to see these restorations, we take it out. We'll rinse off the water-soluble try and cement from the teeth and the inside of the veneers. And now using the same shade of veneer cement, we are trying in the other set of veneers to see if the patient likes these more. The patient's allowed to see the other set of uh, press veneers. This is using a, uh, a proprietary ceramic called Prismatic from Glidewell Laboratories, and that happened to be the one that he liked. So at this point, we're using uh, some prepackaged pumice. This is Preppies from Whip Mix, and we're using it 
uh, in a profi cup to clean off the teeth and remove any debris. Be really careful not to slam the profi cup into the gingival tissues. Uh, at this point, certainly, we would like to avoid any and all bleeding if possible so that we don't contaminate any of the veneer cement as we start to put it into place. So just washing and then we will dry the preparations. We're going to place these on with a self-etching dent and bonding agent. And uh, we're going to use brush and bond from Parkell. And we're going to do the two central incisors first. And so on eight and nine, we've gone ahead and etched those two teeth. Again, not total etch, so you won't see any blue gel here. This is self-etch. And then for about five seconds, we're going to evaporate uh, with some oil-free, water-free air. And then go ahead and cure on these two teeth so we know we've got hybrid layer formation here. And then once we've cured eight and nine, my assistant will load both the veneers with the Nexus clear cement. And we will put those into place. And then our technique's going to be just a little bit different from how we used to do it. Something called tack and wave, where we're going to hold the curing light uh, up above the veneers. Maybe, you know, three inches, two or three inches away from the veneers. Move it back and forth and cure uh, from a distance. And then we'll use the Explorer to remove the cement that we have accelerated into its gel state. We want to get it right to the stage where we can sneak an Explorer underneath it and clean it off. Just basically like it was crown and bridge cement. I mean, really the goal of placing veneer should be to have the cleanup be as easy as if this were a crown of bridge cementation. You can see the Explorer going under here and I'm able to really remove this whole facial bead on tooth number eight and nine at the same time like I was doing a routine crown of bridge cementation and not doing some veneers. You can see how clear that cement is as it comes off the teeth and how nice that's going to be under that veneer uh, for letting the light shine through the porcelain and get to the tooth. You need to be careful here you're going to have some excess cement that's going to spill over to teeth number 7 and 10. So since you have not etched or bonded those teeth yet, it is pretty easy to clean the cement off those two teeth. Just wait again until it gets to its gel state. If floss won't go down, and it didn't in this case, serrated strip again and work it down uh, in between those teeth. I'll and you can take that and use that down in between the teeth as well. And uh, both of these do uh, an excellent job of being able to get to cement interproximally that was bonded accidentally too. Uh, if you need to, you can use a, a mosquito tip burr uh, as we're doing here and a high-speed handpiece to remove a little piece of uh, cement if necessary once it gets rock hard. Now we're going to go ahead and uh, work on the left-hand side. We've got uh, a couple teeth that we're go ahead and placing our self-etching primer on. We've now placed the lateral incisor and the cuspid on uh, this side. Depending on how the case is going, sometimes I will place the lateral, the cuspid, the first and second by all at the same time. It kind of depends, you know, what your gingival condition is like and what you're, you know, how busy you're being kept in terms of moisture control. So on those cases where everything's going perfectly, it's certainly acceptable, and I will often place all four veneers on that side at the same time. So in this case, I did the lateral and the cuspid on one side, then the bicuspids, and then went to the other side, and kind of did them two by two. Here we're using some uh, brownie wheels. Love these brownie wheels. It's such a great way to clean up excess cement off the facial surface. This is from our old uh, cast gold technique, if you remember brownies and greenies. And the reason the brownies work so well is they're just soft rubber cups, so they will not do anything to tooth structure or porcelain. All they will do is work on the resin cement itself. So it's a great way to be able to remove cement uh, from porcelain or, uh, in an electric handpiece, a cable electric handpiece, so that we can go in and put a final polish here with a ton 
of torque and torque is the secret to polishing porcelain intraorally. I used to be afraid to touch uh, porcelain for fear that I would never get that same shine back on it that the lab had given it and it wasn't like the lab was reglazing it. I mistakenly thought the lab would reglaze anything I sent back. Uh, but they wouldn't. They were just having using a um, you know a high torque electric handpiece, and that's what I'm able to do with mine now. Here's a uh, little disposable scalpel being used for the same purpose, being run along the facial surface just to check and see if there's any additional resin cement on the facial surface of the veneers. With the scalpel, um, you can slide it along and pop off or cleave off um, any cement that is stuck to the glazed ceramic surface. It's not bonded to the surface, it's just usually stuck in the surface texture and the scalpel uh, gets it off reasonably well. And at the very end here we're using an enhanced cup uh, just to polish around the margins and just to pick up any other composite that might be uh, on the facial aspects or interproximally of the veneers. It tends to show up once you've hit it with the enhanced cup. We finished this case and the patient was extremely happy with how it turned out and was uh, very grateful and very happy